Good evening and welcome to Slam the Gavel, the show that tells it all regarding family court, other court issues, as well as CPS. I am your host, Marianne Petri. This episode of Slam the Gavel is sponsored by CPS Protect Consulting Services. A child protective service case is one of the most frightening experiences for any parent. Don't face it alone. Face it with confidence with urgent assist. By CPS Protect, you can have access to former CPS investigators to make sure you preserve your rights and protect your family. If you're facing CPS involvement and aren't sure where to turn. Their child welfare consultants can help you. Visit cpsprotect.com forward slash subscribe and enter the coupon code slam the gavel for 60% off your first year of urgent assist. And this is available in all 50 states. I have another announcement. Bradley's mother, Narcus Golan, passed away in the fall of 2022. Bradley is autistic and needs structured routine and therapies he receives for his autism six days a week. However, Italy just entrusted Bradley to Italian social services. If he is ruled to go back, he will face the next three to four years in the Italian foster care system where he can't speak or understand the language. He will then be taken away from the only family he has ever known. Please call Governor Hochul at 518-474-8390 to please keep Bradley here safe in these United States. That's Governor Hochul, New York State, 518-474-8390. Hashtag keep Bradley safe. One last announcement. Go to the site, pleasedoyourjob.com. We need 2,500 more signatures to get a case reopened. That's please do your job.com. I've got a brand new guest on. I'm very happy to have Eric Scott on. He is a former three-term duly elected mayor of Brookshire, Texas. Shortly after he won his third term, he was falsely accused twice and falsely arrested twice after 18 months of being indicted. One charge was not prosecuted because it was such an outrageous lie, and the other charge ended with a unanimous jury verdict of not guilty in less than 30 minutes. The ordeal ruined his personal and professional life and reported and a reporter who assailed his 80-year-old mother at her home ended with her hospitalization, and she's still not the same. The sensationalized media hit jobs were incessant and ran on a network serving Houston and the surrounding area, the fourth largest in the United States. These hit pieces containing false and malicious information are still being reproduced and published on Google with his mugshot, even though he was acquitted. Some pieces earn money with accompanying advertisements. I'm going to say that again. Some of these pieces earn money with accompanying advertisements. Now, as a member of advocates of the falsely accused or the AFA. AFFA.org, the next chapter of his life, he has dedicated to have corrective legislation passed that will, among other things, create laws that incarcerate false accusers and pass a Reputation Recovery Act. He and others are also working to create a registry of accusers that would in particularly include false accusers. The AFFA.org supports all people who have been falsely accused, and he recently spoke in Chicago at an international falsely accused day event. And I welcome you, Eric Scott, to slam the gavel. You know, you've been down this this long road. Where are you at now? Well, first of all, thank you very much for allowing me this opportunity. Um, I have found myself in a place 
during this part of my life where I have recognized that there is a plague of false allegations that have overcome not only the United States, but many other countries. And, and there's actually an international falsely accused day that's celebrated and recognized throughout the world on September 9th of each year. This year we had 16 countries participate. But having said that, we have people that are in jail that should not be in jail. We have people that are being falsely accused that are having their lives torn apart. We have people that are spending a half a million dollars to stay out of jail because a, a former wife has uh, weaponized their child. And we have individuals who have committed suicide due to false allegations. And I see an opportunity for legislation to be changed so that this can end and that the false allegation industry and all that accompanies it will stop and ultimately in, in reality will save taxpayer money because it's, it's become an industry and it's wrong. And as a leading democracy in the world, the United States should no longer tolerate these uh, activities that destroy lives and that adversely affect men and women alike. Mm -hmm. You know, tell me about this, you know, this, this mugshot. And so these pieces are earning money with accompanying yes. advertisers. So who's making this money off of your suffering? Well, the media um, and, and not all media, but a lot of media thrives on sensationalized journalism. And when I was arrested, my mugshot was provided to them. And it's been on there, even though I was acquitted and found not guilty and not charged, not even prosecuted on the other. But my the media hit job pieces still are on Google. You cannot stop them. And we can talk about Section 230, which needs to be changed, um, which was uh, the early internet laws. But the corporations that are selling advertisement alongside my mugshot can virtually not be stopped. I've spoke to lawyers. It is completely um, within their boundary to publish mugshots, but we're working toward getting legislation um, in, in the way of the Reputation Recovery Act that will hopefully um, have the media go back and do take corrective actions when people such as myself who have been falsely accused are found to be not guilty. And those mugshots can be removed and thus allow me a brighter future. Because quite frankly, if somebody wants to Google me and we all Google people when we first meet them or, or when we're uh, preparing to hire them or when we're doing a background for whatever reason. And when the, a mugshot appears, your your reputation is permanently damaged within that viewer's eyes. Mm -hmm. So um, it's legal for them to do it, but it is completely wrong for them to continue to publish them knowing that the person was found innocent. And it is just a complete insult for these media outlets to use the mugshot and sell advertising alongside it. It's unjust. And, and quite frankly, I believe it's fraudulent. Mm -hmm. Oh, I, I agree with you. I agree with you. And, you know, it just is so unfair that what was done to you and especially to your mother, you know, with a reporter who just, uh, did he come to your, to the home and bother her? Yes, he, he, he came to 
of the front door. She answered the door, not knowing who he was or what, who was at the door. She opened the door. He immediately started blasting questions at her. He threw a microphone in her face, not literally threw it at her, but put it in her face. She said she had no comment. She began to shut the door and he continued to assail her. Uh, I was then given a call uh, by uh, my mother then called me and she was crying. I raced home. Her blood pressure was 220 over 180 and we almost lost her. Mm -hmm. It was that bad. Well, they stress you out so bad. They want this to happen. Yes. That's my opinion. Do. That is, well, it's sensationalized. Mm -hmm. That's a, that's what they want. Uh, that's what sells. That's what gets their, what they believe in, increases their career. But the blood pressure issue never really stopped with my mom. And it turned, the because of the blood pressure problems, it turned into an aortic aneurysm that she had to have surgery on in her 80s. <sighs> so this reporter knows what he's done because he participated in it. And if you, and actually you can go online today and he, they are still airing that video where he does that at the end of the video. So there's actual evidence of this individual doing this. Well, there's bullying crimes. Couldn't you get them on that? Well, you know, I, I think that to prolong this incident by um, going after him would be, detrimental to my mother's future health. Mm -hmm. um, there, there's no telling what kind of other hit pieces they may decide to conjure up. Um, he may be insured to do this kind of activity, but it's not something that would behoove me and my family mm -hmm. to pursue because it could do further harm and we want to move on with our life. Right. But if we were able to for example, change section 230, um, things like this might be prevented in the future and we might be able to seek justice and a remedy to what has happened. Section 230 has been looked at by Congress. There's been several attempts to have it changed. It's basically the, the beginning rules of the internet protecting free speech. But as we've seen on so many occasions, um, things that are published on internet can cause other people's murders they mm -hmm. can cause other people's reputations to be destroyed permanently and um i think there was an incident with the the god forgive humanity the shooting at sandy hook elementary and i think those individuals brought light to uh some things that needed to be changed also in in regard to what's being published generally and i'm not a lawyer but i will state that google i don't think they are deemed the publishers because they're a platform where things are being published. Mm -hmm. Now, if they were being held accountable for incidents and actions that have taken place because of what they have provided as a platform that's been published, perhaps um, people would be more careful with what they uh, post on the internet and Google uh, then would be in a position where they'd be liable. Mm -hmm.
And that's in a nutshell. That's very, very, uh, that's a very minuscule explanation of what's really going on. But if you go ironically on Google, you can look up Section 230 and learn more about it. And I would encourage everyone to do so. And if they feel strongly to contact their elected official and let them know that there does need to be changes made. And that's in Texas. Uh, Section two, 230 is the, the uh, national it's a it's a law it's okay. it's a federal law it was developed in the very beginning of the internet and it was basically to protect freedom of speech mm-hmm. and uh, allow anybody to put anything and and back 30 years ago no one had any idea what what the what the effects of this would be 30 years 40 years in the future but now that we know we can amend it and we need to make sure that special interests don't prohibit us from doing that because it's a societal issue. Uh, most definitely. Uh, these false accusers just walk away. They just come into your living room, start a fire and walk out of your house. That's and, correct. And they don't they can't even look you in the eye. Right. And um, they're, they're not held accountable. No, um, they continue moving on with their life. And I've learned through hearing so many other people's experiences that many of them make multiple false accusations and they continue to destroy lives. And again, I want to emphasize that it's not just men whose lives are destroyed. It's also women's lives who have been destroyed by false allegations because these men, such as myself, have mothers and sisters and daughters and aunts and friends, and they're adversely affected when um, the male in their life has had their life destroyed, uh, particularly when they're incarcerated. Yeah, that this is terrible. Uh, this is just going too far where people can just say whatever they want and then they run with it. That's right. And it's very hard to find an attorney will sue because defamation and uh, those classified that let people that may potentially make false allegations in the future know that they can be held criminally responsible those practices will end in a great way, in a in a substantial way. Now, I and uh, AFA, we support men and women uh, that are victims all uh, across the board. However, if a person is making uh, habitual false allegations and they're walking away with it free as free, it. It, it, it needs to be addressed. It just has to be addressed. We have tax, the taxpayers are paying some, in some cases, $60 a day to keep someone incarcerated. Now, what sense does it make to have someone incarcerated and have taxpayers have to pay $60 a day to keep them in jail? And, and some of these people are breadwinners. They're people who uh, support families who no longer support it because of it. It's completely unjust. Oh, I agree. Uh, the taxpayer only knew, only knew. And, that, and that's why we appreciate you and your podcast, because you're bringing light to this. And um, 
I've learned it's amazing how many people really are affected and they know what's going on. But to get the national media to shine a light on it is just like pulling teeth. It's very, very difficult. And I think uh, the social the there's going to be a, a tide and and, and we're see, we're starting to see the tide shift where people are becoming aware of the adverse effects of false allegations and false incarcerations and at some point that it will be become so widespread known throughout our country that there will be a demand that legislators and elected officials will have to act upon it and so i thank you for bringing being part of bringing light to this Oh, most definitely because it happened to me. See, people don't realize that your life can, your life can be going so smoothly, and then you can have some nutcase, uh, whether it be an ex or their spouse, go make a false accusation, and your life is destroyed. People do not realize this, and there's no repercussions for these people. They just walk away and go on with their lives and continue to talk bad about you and get away with it. Yes. And, and you're left as a hostage. And, you know, being a hostage of a false allegation is mentally, it's just mentally overwhelming. It's excruciating. And, to, and for your loved ones to try to support you for the rest of your life, mentally and physically and fi perhaps financially, it's not fair to them either. And uh, we, we see this in family courts during divorces. We see this in workplaces where people make false allegations because they're uh, pointing the finger away from themselves who may or may not have committed a crime. We see this, uh, we see suicides when people are being falsely accused. We see uh, children growing up without parents because someone's falsely incarcerated. Uh, it's just, it's a plague across the across the planet really and um and i i don't use the word hostage lightly because after you have been falsely accused you are a hostage to what's being written about you on the internet to what your background may may or look like because of what you've been accused of um your reputation you're a hostage to having a bad reputation that you can't ever clean up and uh, like you said, one more time, the people that are making the false allegations are walking away merrily and living their life. And it's just unfair. Now, how long has the AFFA.org, how long has that been around? Um, it, it began earlier this year by a, a woman whose uh, son is in jail on a lie. And um, it, it, found members rapidly who all are going through different situations in the courts that are not um not right they're not just and um i've heard stories of there's for example the the woman um who started the organization her son was falsely accused of by a woman of rape mm -hmm. that he did not do and he's in jail right now for something he did not do um there's a member who's uh who's married a woman who was a gold digger and after she had a child she used the child to weaponize um uh the marriage uh, and and to gain money and um he had to spend four hundred thousand dollars 
uh, to stay out of jail due to lies, absolute lies. Um, there are other cases of uh, people that are in the organization that I'm not at liberty to talk about because they're currently going through the situation. And I actually was texting them this morning and they um, and and we 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 operate as a support group as all as well. Everyone is welcome to join our organization. And we do have a, a Facebook page. We have a website and we offer support and information, uh, anything that we can to help these individuals through their times um, that, are, that are perilous and emotional and um, filled with distraught. Yeah, because people have no idea when this hits someone. Um, I remember that there was a letter written when I just started dang, dating my current husband. And I don't know, they were trying to get me to dump him, I guess. But they made up all these false allegations that he was bankrupt several times. He wasn't paying his child support, even though he never, ever had kids. Right. So we we take this letter to a lawyer and we say, you know, what can we do about this? This none of this is true. And the lawyer said, well, you know, as long as it's not affecting your job. Really, you can't go after them. It's, it's like they it has to be so bad that they are affecting your job. So it's like, okay. And he said, look at it this way. He says, I'm defending people that are in a burning building on the seventh floor. You're only on the first floor. Just ignore it and just deal with it, I guess. Right. And see, if people that are prone to make false allegations know that they can be incarcerated, that will stop them. Mm -hmm. And stopping them um, puts the country in a better position to be just you know a true democracy uh, i'm look i'm i'm speaking in broad terms but when you know that you can get away with an accusation and um others are making money because you've done it like the false allegation industry provides um i'm not uh casting aspersions but the judiciary makes money off of it police departments make money off of it jails make money off of it everybody's making money off of it except for the person that's been falsely accused but again if people realize that they can go to jail it will stop it in its tracks it will stop it and our world will be better for it and you know what the innocence project their lives will be better and easier, and they'll be able to be more productive in getting people that are currently in jail out of jail because they won't be facing more people who are falsely incarcerated. And quite frankly, it will help the next generation because there are so many children. I have a dear friend and um, her husband was falsely incarcerated and for the rest of his life, and they have had the worst time of it since. That it took away the breadwinner. The child was left um, with no father. The child and the the mother um, had to struggle to make ends meet, and their lives have just been were uprooted. Mm -hmm. And that would not have been the case if this man were was able to be a father, mm -hmm. be a breadwinner, and provide the emotional and physical support for his wife and child instead of sitting in a jail rotting behind a lie and that that story one day i'd like to tell because that um his false accuser 
um, ended up going to a judge because she contracted AIDS and she knew she was about to die and she was trying to make amends for what she's done. But the judge did not reverse the decision. Oh, no. That that was a tragedy of the greatest magnitude. So there's that. And there are so many stories of Americans and, and a lot of Europeans that I've heard where similar things are happening. And the, the suicide rates, if you look at the suicide rates of men, they're very high. And many times it's because of a false allegation. Mm-hmm. And we don't really know the stats on women because sometimes, and this, when I worked in the ER as an ER nurse, when I still had my license before that was taken away due to a false accusation, um, you know, women too commit suicide, but sometimes they're not successful. Um, well, I mean, that's another podcast on its own, but you know, it's just uh, a really horrible thing that people do to each other. Right. Our personality disorders that enjoy ruining people's lives. Yeah. And they, and they they literally get off on it. Yeah, it, it, it gives them a sense of power, right. and it's psychotic. I didn't mean to sound sexist when I was pointing out the men's suicide rates because I'm not aware of all of the rates. Right. But again, this this affects women and men, gay mm-hmm. people, straight people, young people, old people, people from every financial level of. Uh, financial their finances the rich the poor is what i'm trying to say excuse me but it affects it's across the board and it must be stopped you know it's like how do you get it to stop how long will it take to get it to stop well the more uh media coverage that this gets the more pressure that's put on legislators the more people that come forth with their story the more people that gather together and share and understand and provide education to the masses i think the sooner we will have elected officials address the problems because ultimately they will be affected one day mm-hmm. and uh, i don't want any elected official to have this happen in their life but if they don't start listening to what's going on, they will be in a situation such as myself, where I was falsely accused as an elected official. And uh, because my acquittal and because the lies were exposed, I'm in a unique position to talk to other elected officials about what can happen to them. Mm-hmm. And if I was sitting in a jail cell. I wouldn't have the podium that I have today. Mm-hmm. And I want to use the position that I'm in to bring light and to get the attention of female and male elected officials from the local level to state level to the federal level. And perhaps we can see uh, or get the attention of judges on the Supreme Court mm-hmm. because they perhaps may be able to change laws very rapidly definitely and you know i know we were talking about this um let me see here here um the registry of accusers when can we start that (laughs) when can we start putting people on this registry of accusers because i've got a boatload (laughs) yes um 
we're working on that. Um, we are trying to uh, make no legal missteps. Um, it's a it's a complicated legal issue to do this, but we believe that if we do a registry of accusers, all people that have been uh, uh, that have made accusations, then we will see that the registry can be created. Um, without any problems. Um, if you start, I'm, again, I'm not a lawyer, but it's a very complicated um, way uh, uh, to create this. It's very complicated legally, but we are working on it. We have lawyers looking at it. We have um, individuals who um, are not, who have tried it before that have been stopped um, but we we believe there is a path mm -hmm. and we're going and as soon as that path is um, found and we've reached the end of the trail and it's created, I promise you that you, you will be amongst the first to um, have knowledge of it and we will um, proceed forthright. Most definitely. And I know we were talking before you hopped on about. I was telling you that when I got my first CPS indication or allegation, that was on uh, the wedding date anniversary with my current husband. And it was really odd that they would, that this fell on this date. Okay. And then when the caseworker wrote that the family no longer needed services, that date of that letter was actually on my birth date, which was a Sunday. And I'm thinking to myself, why would a caseworker go in there on a Sunday and write this letter on my, on the date of my birth date? Yes. Um, and I'm happy to talk about this because it's so true. There are so many things and they're not coincidences. Uh, yesterday I was explaining to uh, a friend and he said the spirits are talking to me. They're sending me signs because today happens to be the 26th anniversary of something that happened very unjust to me. It is also the International Day to End Violence Against Men. It is a day that I'm doing a podcast on Slam the Gavel. And it is also the day that the person that replaced me as mayor doing great part because of the false allegations made against me, who is now facing a grand jury for crimes he's alleged to have commit. All of these are all happening on the same day. And so I would tell listeners to pay attention to that. If mm -hmm. you start seeing uh, dates that are the same, names that are the same, pay attention to that. You are now in a spiritual realm that is beyond our knowledge. And regardless of your faith, pay attention because this happens to so many people when they've been unjustly accused, falsely accused, or when they're in a, a spiritual warfare that they may not realize how intense they are part of it. How, inten how intensely they are entwined in this spiritual warfare. It's beyond us. It's beyond the knowledge that we know that I know. But when you start seeing these coincidences, 
they're not coincidences. They're spiritual in nature. You need to pay attention to them, um, feel them, understand them, pray on them, if you will. Mm -hmm. um, but always, um, and, it, and it's good to write these down. Um, oh, yeah. A lot of times, therapeutically, when you're going through um, mental strain because of a false allegation or because of an unjust action that's been perpetrated against you or a family member, write it down. It's very therapeutic. And um, again, pay attention to similarities in dates in um, similarities in names. Mm -hmm. um, uh, they're, they're signs that um, you are in probably a spiritual warfare that you may or may not understand or have knowledge of prior to oh i completely agree because the day um the family court judge took my kids away was march 2nd 2015 right so we yes. had to go through you know i i just said to god i said god do something with him god you deal with him god deal with him because i didn't know how to i couldn't recuse him he refused to recuse couldn't disqualify it was just everyone was so well connected okay so you know here we go two years later on march 2nd 2017 i get a phone call from my set my friend as i was you know doing grocery shopping whatever she said hey did you know your judge died i said what she said yeah it's all over the news i said well i'm grocery shopping i, I gotta see this and it's like isn't that odd that on march 2nd of 2015, he took my kids away on March 2nd, 2017. He's being held accountable to a higher judge. Yes. Yes. You say it all right there. That encapsulate that that's 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 all of it right there. It, you couldn't have said it more precisely. It's it's undeniable. It's undeniable that there's something greater than we know that's happening when these happen. And um, and I appreciate the way you verbalize that. Oh, well, uh, I appreciate you, Eric Scott, because, you know, how can you be reached if anyone has any questions? Um, I am on Twitter um, under Mayor Eric Scott uh, underscore CMO. Um, I have a YouTube, uh, I'm, I'm sorry, a TikTok station. Uh, but most importantly, I would direct people to theafa.org. It's T-H-E-A-F-F-A dot org. That is the uh, Advocates for the Falsely Accused. And we have a whole team of people that will respond to you, that we want to hear from you. We want uh, we want you to become a member of the, we want you to affiliate with us. Um, we have uh, outreach on YouTube. We have outreach on Twitter. Um, I recently started the TikTok to bring attention because we've learned that a lot of the youth in America rely on TikTok for their news. And I, I had no idea. I'm I'm an older guy, so I understand. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not super media savvy, but um, if it was an avenue that I could bring light to what's going on uh, to the youth, I was more than uh, excited to do this. And and I have a young guy who's uh, in his 20s who is my producer, and uh, he's guided me in uh, the way to reach out very well on that. Of course, um, 
now I'm not personally on Facebook, but theafa.org has a Facebook page. So uh, Facebook can be used uh, to reach me um, uh, or to reach the organization. But um, if you go to um, Twitter or TikTok, you can find me or uh, there's contact information and I'd love to hear from anyone. And, and again, if you're going through something that's difficult, you are not alone. False allegations happen every day. We all know that they do. They happen to the young, the rich, the poor, the famous, the the um, the everyday Joe and Jane on the street. Uh, you're not alone. Reach out to us. We are there for you. I totally thank you because I'm going to have you back on again. So don't go anywhere. Okay. So uh, Slam the Gavel is a podcast to help the public understand what really goes on in these family courtrooms. I am your host, Marianne Petrie, author of Dismantling Family Court Corruption, Why Taking the Kids Was Not Enough, and Cry Out for Justice, Poems of Truth, and Raised by These Wolves, How Family and Federal Courts Are Failing Our Children. Please join us again with Eric Scott in the future and other exciting guests. Thank you so very much, Eric. Thank you. Thank you very much.